we know from some of the, the theory about how the brain works, it needs jolts to help it come up with new ideas. There's also that thing about the excitement when you do get a new idea, and it's very similar to when you have a really hot chili. People can experiment in a, a relatively safe environment to, uh, you know, to have an extreme experience. Hi, my name's Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to The Common Creative. Our mission is to democratise and share the tools and techniques of creativity. And today we're going to be talking about chilli sauce. And if you're not a chilli sauce lover, or if you love chilli sauce, and you're thinking, what is the connection with creativity? Worry not, we're using it as a metaphor for learning lots of exciting aspects of creativity. Personally, I have a connection with chilli sauce. My consultancy business is called chilli sauce because it adds spice to thinking, particularly for big companies that often produce rather bland or vanilla flavoured ideas. Paul, I know you have a connection with chilies as well. Yes, I do. My um, For years, I've been painting chilies um, over probably a 20 or even 30 year period, a long time, many, many oil paintings of chilies and of Tabasco sauce. In fact, I did a whole series of Tabasco sauce. And in recent years, I've been doing watercolours of chilies. So I find them fascinating. I do quite like chilies. And I think there is a, a, a very strong link in some, some strong messages uh, to learn about uh, creativity from chilies and chilli sauce. I think the first point that has come to light is the way chilies can give the brain a jolt. We know from some of the, the theory about how the brain works, it needs jolts to help it come up with new ideas. Um, the, if, if you're a neuroscientist, I'm sure there are hundreds of neuroscientists listening in right now, they'll know that there are neural networks in the brain that um, allow us to make decisions very quickly, whether to put on this pair of shoes or whether to go to that shop. These networks are shortcuts to making decisions nice and easily. The problem from a creative point of view is that when you're presented with a challenge, those neural networks kick in and tend to produce quite predictable outputs. And if you want new, new ideas, you have to break those neural pathways. So that's one thing. Brain needs jolts to come up with new ideas. And we'll explain more about that shortly. I like that analogy, Chris, uh, because there's also that thing about the excitement when you do get a new idea. And it's very similar to when you have a really hot chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you're jumping around, you know, you've got a heat that no one else can experience. It's like an idea, you know, you can't get it out fast enough to explain it to people, which is a bit like, you know, if you if you have never writ, hit, bitten into a, uh, a very hot chilli, uh, no one else has, it's hard to explain. It the is pain hard to explain. The, the people that don't like chilies struggle to understand why anyone would inflict that upon themselves. And I, I, I'm a wimp when it comes to the dentist chair or any of those kind of sensations. And But like you, I love a chilli. And so I, I it's hard to explain why it's, so pleasurable. Um, let's do a quick experiment on, I talked about neural networks, which sounds all very kind of technical and psychological, but Edward de Bono, um, the king of lateral thinking, came up with this idea of rivers of thinking that exist in the brain that, that take you from a problem to a quite predictable solution. Rivers of fire in this case, Chris. Yes, it should be rivers of fire, rivers of burning heat, <laughs> indeed. But they're there in the brain. Sometimes you don't even know they're there. So let's, let's try this out. I, Paul, you've never seen me drive a car. I do drive a car. Have a go. I want you to predict what kind of car 
I normally drive. Well, and I'll give you an open canvas. What, what would it be? Well, Chris, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. You're right. We've, we've actually never met, and uh, you're in Sydney and I'm in Brisbane, and we've only sort of known each other since uh, the start of COVID. So it's a, yes. it's a very interesting part. Uh, and, you know, I know that you're British, so I'm sort of, you know, I, I, if it was still around, I would have said a Leyland. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> wow, those were the days. Uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking sort of like a, an older Jag is what I'm thinking. You know, you sort of, you know, got that sort of, you know, a bit of you know English toff about you, so I think uh, I, I, my, in my mind it's uh, you know it's it's quite nice, but an older, a little bit beat up Jag. Thank you. I, I'm very flattered by that. I would love to own a, an older, beaten up Jag. It would certainly suit my image. Um, I will tell you what kind of car I drive. I'm afraid you're wrong, though. Even though it's a car I'd love to love to drive. The, the reason for that experiment is to demonstrate that the human brain can connect dots that you don't even know and as as you said we've never met face to face you've never seen me drive a car and a machine would just go i i can't tell you i've got no idea how to guess what kind of car um you drive but the human brain will go i've seen people like chris before you know he mentioned my accent um the kind of way i i kind of hold myself the things i talk about and the brain's gone i've seen that before somewhere I've got a pathway in my brain which allows me to predict, make a prediction. And in this instance, and we heard, you know, it's a beaten up old Jag. The answer's a Toyota, uh, a RAV4 for what it's worth. If, but it is beaten up, you'll be pleased to hear. Um, uh, I'm glad. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Minder. What was the name of the guy in Minder? He used to drive that Jag. He did indeed, uh, yeah. Um, the the heavy-duty yeah. protector for Arthur Daly, I think his name was. Um, so, so if you want new new ideas you want to come up with something that is unpredictable you have to give the brain a jolt and it's a bit like a dose of chili sauce and we'll talk about how you can do that but bring in something unexpected with the heat of a chili sauce it doesn't have to be for something you can eat by the way i'm talking intellectually it might be a completely new idea a new person those break those neural pathways and help you to come up with new ideas and i'll illustrate that with a few stories later on but we've learned lots more about chili sauce and how they chilies can help in, with the world of creativity paul i think you did some work on the history of chilies um yeah so uh look i think yes yeah, it's very interesting chris about that whole thing about about jolting it's you know spices spices for the brain in some way and uh but yeah but the other thing with the 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 um lead on to that there's actually a a, a psychology of um chili the psychology of chili is is people can experiment in a, a relatively safe environment to, uh, you know, to have an extreme experience, which is, you know, again, linked to creativity. Um, but, you know, in, and in the best sense, it's also linked uh, to business. But quite often, you know, as we all know, um, sometimes it's very difficult, you know, to go out on a limb and try something that is, that, you know, is, uh, extreme and eating chilies as a you know <laughs> personal psychological experience uh, is extreme, but that is a you know it's another sort of level of the metaphor about um, uh, about creativity uh, and and business and and this whole idea of the chili. So a bit of safe adventure. It's a way of getting safe adventure and, and expanding the brain. I think that's particularly true for people in business who. I think sometimes cocooned by the systems that the business has developed, the, the processes, the, the culture, and it, it's very easy to do tomorrow what you did yesterday and, and just carry on, carry on, carry on. So giving people so in those kind of environments some adventure, some, some safe adventure, 
Um, yeah. It's a great uh, idea. Exper experimental. And I, and I think in business, you know, if you think about it as the analogy of, you know, trying out a hotter chili, um, then, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not such... Uh, a scary thing you know if it's just it's just a bit of a test it's an experiment you know it doesn't have to you know change your world or bring your company down you know i think that's sort of one of the one of the, the you know the reasons that one of the things that you know you, you can do um but also leads to the idea of of um which will you know come to in a little while but about about recipes um so you know and again to business you know businesses have a recipe this is how we do things um but sometimes that recipe needs to change and there's you know, been, um, you know, really good and bad examples through history where people have meddled with recipes um, and equally who haven't meddled with recipes and, you know, and it's become stale. So, so I think, uh, you know, I think there's that, that adding that spice and, you know, I, I like my spices and, you know, and, and you're right, you know, I can have, make a, you know, a good meal, but it might just be that right amount of chili that's added that makes it a great meal and a memorable meal. Um, yeah. Uh, too much of it, and it's like memorable for the wrong reason. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually have a we have a chili plant in our garden, and I and I can't remember the name of it, but it has multicolored chili. It's very pretty, and they're very small. They're smaller than bird's eye, and they're red and purple and you know pinky and stuff. And they are the hottest chilies I have ever tasted. And my son even just had a he's not he's not he's not a big fan of super hot food. And he just had a little bit of something that had this chili in it. And he was like, he was half an hour with yogurt in his mouth and milk and washing his mouth out. So, um, so you, you know, you, you, I suppose you are playing with fire. And again, you know, I think the, the creative metaphor or, you know, for business is about don't go too hot too soon. You know, you have to build yes. up, you know. Sometimes it requires you know, a radical jolt, uh, but sometimes it's about incremental improvement. So there's two sides to this sort of argument. And with chilies, you know, if you want to become a, a better chili eater or eat hot and hot, you've got to incrementally in, improve. Uh, I did get accused the other day of destroying my own palate by eating too many chilies. And, and I'm pleased to report the evidence is that if you become tolerant to very hot chilies, it doesn't affect other aspects of your palate. You're still able to taste great wine, appreciate subtle flavors as well. So it's a kind of win-win. Uh, it, it's not a, enjoying hotter and hotter chilies isn't a slippery slope. And I think the same would be true in business. If you're if you're adding spice to your thinking, if you're experimenting with new ideas, it doesn't mean you have to let go of the other things the business might do well, the day-to-day the -day operations and the business of making money in the short term. Those things carry on. So I agree with you. Um, the right yeah, amount of chili at the right time. But that thing about, you know, destroying the palate or becoming immune to it, um, I used to buy chili sauce from the butcher and he had a guy that made this chili sauce and every batch was hotter. And I think what he was doing was he was becoming immune to it as he was tasting it. Not enough, more chilies, more chilies, more chilies. And to the end, and I do like a hot sauce, but in the end it was it was beyond me. I stopped buying it because it was just too hot you know i suppose you know i did i did spill a bit on the timber table one day i started burning a hole through it so maybe that was a i should have been uh, led led by that um chris you you mentioned earlier about the about the history of the chili uh, you know from a different perspective um the chili is a native of mexico it was spread throughout the world via what has been come to be known as the colombian exchange now chris that's not the sort of exchange the colombian exchange we might think of today which is around you know possibly illegal substances and 
Um, apologies well, maybe, to any very sim- maybe every bit as vibrant and lively as the chili sauce Colombian well, exchange. Who knows? Possibly, possibly. Um, and uh, but yeah, so the uh, Colombian exchange is, is named after uh, Christopher Columbus, but it was from the time it was only named in 1972 uh, by a fellow uh, Alfred Alfred Crosby in his book of the same name, experiencing this. And so it was really refers to a century between the 15th and 16th century where it was about the increase of trade between the Americas, Europe and Africa, which, you know, included spices and foods. Uh, Unfortunately, it also included uh, populations and slavery as well as um, it also included diseases. Um, But what it also included was ideas, and I suppose that's, the, the point, the big point is around the spreading of ideas, uh, you know, in a way, you know, the, the chili was a, a meme, you know, and it was something that added something, a different a different uh, flavour, uh, to, yes. to have a terrible pun, to, you know, foods all around the world who previously, you know, may have had peppers but had, had never had the chili. I think it's, it's, I feel like every time... You have a, a hot sauce experience. You have a story to tell. You have something you want to share. And so I can completely believe that a Colombian exchange exchanging chilies with trading partners brings with it the idea of exchanging ideas. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, we, there's two big analogies. Chilies give the brain a jolt to give it uh, new ideas. And chilies encourage people to tell stories and exchange ideas. Uh, Just with, with with an exchange, I, I do have a story. It's well, it's sort of a funny, funny, sad story. Um, but I was uh, I painted a a painting, an oil painting, for a friend of mine who was a gal- my gallerist actually, and she was a friend of mine, and her mum had MS, and she was hosting an MS fundraiser, so she wanted me to paint a painting for the evening, which was called Chili and Chopsticks. And the idea was that this painting would become the invitation and then also become the lucky door prize. And I had an experience, and, and it's this whole you know memory I have of painting this painting, which is, really sticks in my mind. I had a particular uh, style at the time, of not of subject, but of the way I painted, and it was tend to be wet on wet, uh, quite thick oils um, using mediums. And I was thinking about this painting for quite, time, quite some time. So there was two things here. One was I've always found my best painting is when I think about it, when I visualise it for a few days prior uh, to doing something. And and I find now with ideas, you know, it really helps preconceiving your mind and then you get to a point where you just got to put it down. And so the other thing was just I procrastinated and I do talk about this whole thing between action and procrastination in, in the stuff around creativity that I teach. But I got to a point where I just had to do it and I had a, a piece of board which I rarely painted on and it wasn't very well primed this painting literally came out of me you know it just flowed from me onto the onto the canvas it just came out and I really liked it you know and and I don't know I've actually since recreated it uh, in oil in watercolors and I'll put both images on the um on on in the show notes as a link the um (coughs) what happened was we went to this evening and it was a black tie event and I had my uh white you know white dinner shirt on and I won the door prize. No, so you won your own painting. I was so happy, you know. Like was, <laughs> oh, fantastic. God is talking to me. Anyway, my friend said, no, you can't keep it, you know. You've got to, you know, put it back. And I was like, well, what? You know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so 
I tried to get them to auction it. I thought at least I could make some more money. But anyway, I, I very reluctantly put it back into the pool and they drew out something else. Well, actually, there's an end of the story, but I, there was that does raise a point um, that someone recently was talking about their works and, and they're saying that basically those works were not her works, her paintings, until someone had taken possession of them, either by gifting or then buying them. Because then it was like that that painting is a, well, in my case, you know, that's a Paul Fairweather. So that becomes my work. When it's in the studio, it's just a piece, but it's not until it goes out into the uh-huh. world, which is an interesting twist on what you're saying. And I can't think who the artist was that was saying that, but but I think it's very interesting because, yes, I, you know, you have this thing, but it's it's like, well, it's just yours. It, it's you. You're not sharing it. It's not until you share it that it becomes yours because then it represents you. Um, and, and also it has, va- it has value because somebody else in the world has said, yes, I need it now, and it proves it's more than just some figment of your imagination or some idea. It's actually gained value because it's translated into somebody else's world. Yeah, and, and I think it's that, it's that thing of, um, you know, the, if the trees falls in the forest and there's no one here, there to hear it, you know, is there a sound? And so, yes. you know, if I do a thousand watercolours and no one ever sees them, are there any watercolours? You know, so it's, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is there any art? You know, it's just yes. uh, I've just been doing the, the process. So, uh, so look, I, I think we have uh, you know, learned some things ourselves, but, you know, some really... You know, I think the key point, as you say, is about having the, the jolt that required to think differently, you know, like the excitement of having hot chili, the excitement of a new idea, as well as that, that thing about the, about the spreading, spreading of ideas. So, uh, creativity is a jolt. Ideas have to be spread. It's just like super hot chilies. I think that's our message. Uh, so, so that kind of wraps up this, this episode. I want to thank everybody that's tuned in to listen. It's great to have your company. If you, if you like this podcast, please press like. And if you've loved this postcard, podcast, we'd love you to put a comment in the notes afterwards uh, so that other people can see what you think. This podcast will be available on all your favourite podcast platforms, so please tell your friends about that too. I hope we'll see you for next week's episode. Yes, great. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and it's been uh, very enjoyable, Chris, and so uh, please subscribe, and uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Cheers. Bye for now.